Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 917, air date March 25th, 2021. Hello, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Welcome. Uh, we're going to start very shortly on cinnamon. As people are coming in, um, I want to welcome everyone and hope everyone's having a good evening. And uh, the talk today is going to be about cinnamon affecting the immune system. So I hope everyone is ready and we'll be starting shortly. So good evening, everyone. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We have somebody. Great to have you. Where else? Excellent. Good evening. Okay. Saludo, Texas. Good. Good to have you. Vegas here, excellent. Las Vegas, what do we got here? Let me just set people up over here. Make sure people are doing well here. People coming in over here. Starting in there. Okay, we're live on Instagram. Great to have you, Michigan, Youngstown. Youngstown, Ohio. Good morning from Australia, good morning to Perth, Australia. Fantastic, we have people log it in. Michelle's here getting me some, we got Michelle, get me some tea. tea. Great, thank you, mm-hmm. appreciate it. You're welcome. Just put it right there, thanks. Um, Okay, let's see, we have people coming in. Let me just share the screen here we're gonna be talking about today. So everyone can see. So today's gonna be cinnamon and its effect on the immune health as a part of our immune health series from uh, Illinois. We got Alberta, Canada, India, very nice to have you. Wow, got a bunch of time zones. Uh, Massachusetts, Denver, Michigan, Branson, Missouri, Perth, Australia. Great to have you. UK. Uh, I've been giving my children uh, more cinnamon in their diet. Hope it's an immune booster. Okay, we'll talk about it. Mexico, uh, Illinois. Someone says, what's up, Doc? (laughs) Good to have you. Arizona, Oklahoma. Great. All right, how are we doing here? Wonderful. All right, so welcome everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I hope everyone's having a good evening. And uh, it's Wednesday, and we have a talk today as a part of our series where we're gonna look at a very cool herb called cinnamon. And I have, I don't know if anyone's, I'm sure most of you have seen the cinnamon powder, right? But you know, I use cinnamon all the time and, and it comes like this, I don't know if you can see it. It's literally the bark of a tree, if you can see it right there. That's the inside of the bark and that's the outside. And I have. Um, bunch of it. Sometimes it curls up, you know, you may get it all curled, but I have it in it from a very natural source. You know, it's, this is organic. All right. And this is cinnamon. And uh, typically what I do with cinnamon, you know, people, I uh, have a mortar and pestle and I'll crush the cinnamon up. You can sprinkle it on your morning or oatmeal. When I make curry, 
Um, I cinnamon will be one of the ingredients that I add. I'll take cardamom, crush that up, up cinnamon, cloves, um, uh, and you know those kind of things. I'll be crushed up, uh, black pepper, and that'll be part of the. Uh, but it smells great. Uh, it's very nice. You know, obviously people can add it to cocoa and things like that. But that's what it actually looks like. All right. So that's cinnamon for everyone seeing it there. Okay, good. So um, let's see how people are doing here. I just want to make sure people here can see. Okay. I think people are good there. Okay. So let's begin. And let me see if there's any, uh, we have any, okay. Andhra Pradesh. Wow. People from a lot of number of people from India. Someone says I have cinnamon root in my porridge with turmeric, banana and honey. Wow. That sounds great. Sounds awesome. Um, someone says I boil it in a little alcohol, sugar, lemon, and water for 45 minutes and eat it. Wonderful. Put it in my oatmeal. Yeah, it's great with oatmeal. It's really, really good when you actually, uh, you know, uh, take it and you, uh, and uh, someone said, we never saw that before. Well, if you haven't seen it before, here you go again. You can take a screenshot of it. That's what cinnamon looks like. It's, it's you know, it's amazing what nature provides us. Um, so let's, let's jump right into it. So when we look at cinnamon, um, let me just make sure here people are okay. Yeah, they're good there. Um, let's talk about it. So cinnamon is actually, I think I want to do it like this for these guys here. Sorry about that. Um, cinnamon, um, uh, by the way, uh, before I start, I always do a little bit of an introduction. Um, sometimes there's new people here. Those of you who heard it, I apologize. Uh, one of our, uh, my assistants, um, John is going to make a little video so I can play this as people are coming in. We're trying to get a little more, quote unquote, professional here, right? Even though we don't want to get too professional about stuff like this. But uh, for, for those of you who are interested, a uh, quick introduction. Many of you know uh, the, the notion of systems has always been part of my existence. And if you go to VA Shiva, um, it's really about creating the future. And the core of that platform at vashiva.com is really about teaching everyone the importance of systems thinking. And my entire life traverses that. And I think all of our lives do. Some of us are more aware of it. But for me, you know, I grew up in an interesting world. I grew up in sort of a contradictory world. I grew up in, in India when I was up until seven years old in, in this crazy city called Bombay, which is a chao uh, chaotic city, but highly diverse. It's like New York on steroids. And then I grew up in these serene surroundings of a deep South Indian village, which are the scenes like this. And my grandparents were poor village farmers. There's a picture of my grandmother in her Sunday best. And she was not only a, poor, uh, you know, a farmer 16 hours a day, but she was a village shaman. She could observe your face and using a traditional system of medicine, she would observe what was going on inside your body. So I observed two things as a child in my formative years here. I was, grew up in these two diverse worlds, you know, a, a, a city and another a village with no electricity, no running water, none of that, right? So it's quite different extremes and trying to understand why even those extremes existed. And I also grew up in India where we were considered low caste Indians um, in a caste system. So, and I had my, you know, unfortunate experiences with that, which made me wake up at a very young age, at the age of four or five, trying to understand why that kind of injustice existed. So I grew up in this world of, you know, deep contradictions, understanding that, you know, we were essentially treated differently for whatever reason, and then grew up with this grandmother who, uh, was a village farmer, but on the weekend, she could observe your pace. She would go into trances. Um, she would do some pretty wild things. And, but she 
I saw her materially heal a lot of people. She could look at their face, figure out their body constitution and figure out what was right for them. So this, whether I knew it or not, I mean, I can talk about it now, was really building in me an idea of wanting to understand systems, caste system, you know, different types of, um, you know, political systems and medical systems. So that's what drove me uh, in a very ambitious way. When I was a kid, I came to the United States at seven. By the time I was 14, you know, I'd, I'd gone to NYU in a program in computer science, um, really loved math, loved sports, all those things. But I started working full-time at a medical school um, as full-time as a research fellow. I was given a great opportunity because of my great parents, amazing school teachers who changed the rules and then a mentor where I was given the opportunity to go in, into Newark, New Jersey and start doing research on sleep, sleep systems. Why were babies dying in their sleep? Um, one has to understand that it, in, um, that uh, there's a phenomenon called sleep apnea where a baby will suddenly stop breathing. And it's part of the disease called sudden infant death syndrome. And, um, and our uh, data that we had gotten from a hospital called Montefiore Hospital, this is back in 78, we had the best time series data, 24 to 36 hours of time series data. And I had the opportunity to go through that right computer programs to see if I could predict when a baby went through a certain sleep pattern, would that cause when the baby stopped breathing and apnea. So I ended up doing that research. Uh, babies, by the way, have six states of sleep, not um, five like adults. And I wrote a paper on it. But while I was at, at that university, I also learned about it. Uh, another system, the inter-office mail system. Again, it was a system, it was a bunch of parts, the inbox, the outbox, the folders, the secretary, the memo system. And in this medical school, um, every doctor always had a secretary and the secretary is really the center of communications. She was the one who took the dictation. She was the one who created the thing called a memo, write it out of the to, the from, the subject. She sometimes would have to send copies of it to others in the single memo called a carbon copy. Right, she'd actually have to type up multiple carbon copies using carbon paper. Um, sometimes the thing had an attachment where you put an enclosure, right? And you'd put it in these envelopes and it shot around the the, the medical school in these inner office um, uh, or these pneumatic tubes, right? It was a very complex system. It wasn't just simply, you know, like exchanging a sti sticky note. Now, um, because I was good at programming and people were very supportive of me, Dr. Les Michelson, who was the, the supervisor there, gave me the opportunity to convert that entire paper-based mail system to the electronic system. No one had done it before. On those old computers, you could send little like telegrams, text messages. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about taking the inbox, outbox, folders, paper clips, the registered mail, BCC, CC, and converting it to a system. And remember, these secretaries, um, the military industrial complex, and there's reports which we found at that time, they didn't think these secretaries could ever use the computers. They were chauvinists, um, they were elitists. But you know, to me, I, you know, these secretaries, I had great respect for them for all the hard work I did, for they did. So I was uh, very respectful. And they said, look, Shiva, we're not gonna go to an electronic version of this unless it has all the features. So I had to implement hundreds of features and I wrote 50,000 lines of code, named that system email, all right? And uh, the only reason I named it email was because the operating system only allowed five characters. And by the way, here's uh, uh, my teachers and I, there was a big news article written in the local newspaper. And then when I came to MIT, it was on the front page of MIT, the president of MIT advised me, hey, look, you can't,
patent software, but you know, it's unfortunate because the Supreme Court didn't even understand what software patents were. It wasn't being supported, but they, I wrote away for the copyright work. And on August 30th, 1982, I was given the first US copyright for email. But the key word you'll see is system, right? So, um, you know, uh, the racist elitist organizations like Wikipedia composed of the liberal elites got so upset when my stuff went into the Smithsonian. And so did people like Gawker Media. So uh, many years later, this was in 1978, and many years later, my grand, when my mother uh, in 2011 uh, was dying of a horrible disease, pulmonary fibrosis, in a suitcase, she'd saved all the artifacts of the invention of email in a small Samsonite suitcase. She gave this to me and um, before she died. And the editor of Time Magazine, the science editor, uh, was the only one who reviewed it. And he wrote a great article called The Man Who Invented Email. Now, you got to understand, up until then, the narrative was, you know, the military did it, right? ARPANET guys well, it was absolutely not true. Those guys had conflated what they did. At best, they created a caveman version of Reddit. What I created was email, the system as we know it today. I wrote the code, named it email, and got the copyright. And so um, on uh, November 11th, this article was written in August. And on February 16th, 2012, it went into the Smithsonian. But the important thing to understand here is that there's no controversy about who created email. The issue is why was a controversy even created in 2012 and eventually in 2016, I had to get lawyers to, um, to uh, e expose and fight Gawker Media. I won a substantial settlement and all the articles, the defamatory articles saying I didn't invent, invent email were taken down. But, both, but those of you who are interested in the actual history of it, you may want to go to whoinventedemail.com. I'll put it up here, whoinventedemail.com, and I'll give you a real deep understanding of what is email and you know the actual origin. I'll post it up here so you got, in case you guys are interested, okay? In fact, I'll show it to you here. Um, but it's important to understand this because it's a story that's important for every American to understand because email was truly created in, in the working class neighborhoods of Newark. And you can see all the facts about the invention of email. If you go to whoinventedemail.com, testimonials, the history of it. So, you know, this is a truth about the invention of email. All right. But why is this important when we're talking about cinnamon? <laughs> okay. It's important because the journey that I went was from interested in medicine, then creating the first email system. But it was a journey that really made me appreciate the science of systems. And it was a long journey that that's why I want to share it with all of you because it's led me to the, you know, the creation of the movement for truth, freedom, and health. But by the way, this was really the system that allowed me to create email, innovation, freedom, and infrastructure. It was in that triangle where email was born. When I went to MIT, I was very interested in medicine, um, went in and out of MIT, four degrees in engineering because I didn't like the way that they were looking at, you know, the way medicine was looking at the body was a bunch of parts. They weren't looking at the body as a system. They didn't have a language. So I went in and out, started a bunch of companies um, in, in the, an email management system company, um, and then Cytosol, which I'll talk about. But in 2007, I decided to take a break, go back to India. It was a big adventure. Um, and you have to understand that I had understood the Western system of medicine, got a PhD in it out of the number one science and technology institute in the world, MIT, where we understood genes and molecular pathways and functional modules leading up to the whole human. But I'd also 
been studying the Eastern systems of medicine, where I understood that you could also look at the body in a completely different way, using completely different words. My grandmother, when she looked at your body, as you're looking at the center part of this triangle, she would characterize your body as vata, pitta, kapha, vata, or pitta, or kapha, these terms that are very foreign to most medical doctors. But fundamentally, what she was doing was looking at your body and figuring out what kind of system you were, what were the right foods for you, and it was the right medicine for the right person at the right time. So I wanted to see if I could relate two of these systems. Again, the word system. Here's a, here's a biological systems approach of Western medicine. Here's the Siddha system of medicine. So um, I was fortunate to get a Fulbright, and you can see the title of the MIT article in 2007 says, East meets West, armed with MIT four degrees, Shivaidri embarks on a new adventure. And it was on the front page because MIT was curious, why didn't I want to go start my next company? Why did I want to go all the way to India and take two years off? But to me, it was an important journey. It was in many ways a promise that I'd made for all the hard work my grandparents had done that I would use my knowledge to uh, help explain to the world why these ancient systems of medicine work and if I could even explain it to the engineering world. So that really resulted in my discovering that this, this system, and you'll learn this if you take the course, by the way, let me put that up. Um, you know, every Monday night, uh, I offer a course called uh, the Truth, Freedom and Health Warrior course. Everyone's invited to take that. It's part of, um, you know, being a supporter of the Truth, Freedom and Health movement. But what's important to understand here is that when I unraveled all of this, I discovered that the Indian system of medicine was based on these words, right? Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. And what I teach in the course is that this terminology to look at the body was directly related to engineering systems theory, transport, conversion, and storage. In fact, East met West. And I was the first one to really relate both of these. And I wrote it up in a recently uh, interesting journal called the International Journal of Systems of Systems Engineering, where I literally discovered the relationship between Eastern systems of medicine, in this case, Indian medicine, and engineering systems theory, that they were one and the same. And after publishing this, I started teaching a course at MIT because I realized that the Western world didn't appreciate Eastern systems of medicine. And those practicing Eastern systems of medicine, be they you know, yoga people or naturopaths, or um, they didn't know how to explain this. And people thought they were woo-woo types. And the woo-woo types thought these uh, traditional or the conventional medical doctors were, uh, you know, arrogant. So this technology or this science that I discovered helped unite both these worlds. And that was published. And that became the foundation of a uh, organization I created to educate people called Systems Health. And with Systems Health, we were able to create a institute where we've educated tens of thousands of people through our master certification course at systemshealth.com where they've actually learned the integration of Eastern and Western medicine. And they've learned, and, and, and I wrote a bunch of textbooks and books, people can get certified. And then out of this, when I started running for US Senate, you know, I wanted to build a framework for people to support our movement. I didn't want it to be another slogan. And I realized those same concepts of Eastern medicine, the same concept of engineering systems theory, were the same concepts of fundamental universal law that could drive a political movement, truth, freedom, and health. And I embodied that into another course called the Foundations of Systems, which I teach people every week, which is part of the Truth, Freedom, and Health Warrior training. Why is this important? Look, we're not going to have a political movement. 
We're not going to be able to understand how cinnamon works at the molecular level. We're not going to be able to, or we don't understand how any computer systems work without the fundamental understanding of systems. It spans everything. It in fact spans politics. And that fundamental kernel is what I realized that truth, freedom, and health are directly related to transport, conversion, storage. And you'll learn more about that. Uh, and I encourage everyone to take the course. It's a foundation of your future. So that's the foundations of systems, okay? So um, by the way, uh, those of you who wanna go to vashiva.com, victoralphashiva.com, we go there, um, you can get uh, vashiva.com slash join, and I'll come back to this, okay? Slash J-O-I-N. Um, if you wanna follow along, you can see that we have literally built uh, at, at VA Shiva, we built the infrastructure for education, like we're doing right now, for community and for activism. It is a technology platform. It's an educational platform. It's a community platform. So go to vashiva.com slash join. You can contribute. Everything I do here is supported by what you guys do. You know, we put a lot of effort in putting, the, putting these um, presentations together. And I'll come back to that. So when we speak about cinnamon, we don't take it lightly, we take a systems approach to it, all right? So let me go right into cinnamon here, and let's talk right about it here. So let me uh, go here. So cinnamon and immune health, okay? So what, are, what we're gonna learn today is the following. First, we're gonna learn what is cinnamon, right? What is the molecular composition of cinnamon, okay? Um, the effects on biological functions, the health benefits. Then we're gonna um, go back and we're gonna talk about cinnamon's effect on the immune system. Then we're gonna talk about the clinical evidence on cinnamon dosaging, right? Um, you know, this is not a medical show. This is not a treatise, you know, everyone should go do cinnamon. This is really to educate you on what the science says at the broad level of the literature and then at the molecular systems level using our technology called Cytosol. So that's what this is really about. So let's jump right into this. Well, first of all, it's an ancient, ancient spice. It's been used, you know, uh, in Southeast Asia, Southeast Asia, you know, uh, place like India, you know, Vietnam, China, right? And its medicinal use dates back again, 4,000 years in ancient um, India and China. And it's a bark, it's the tree and the root and the oil of the cinnamon have a medicinal effects. And those of you who came in late, if I didn't, if you don't remember, this is, I have a piece of the bark of the root. People make oil out of it. They also use the root, but I'm looking at the, a bark right here, okay? And it's dried, obviously. Um, so it's a, it's a bark of the root that typically I'm familiar with, but you can also get cinnamon oil. And um, we've done some research with one of the big uh, nutritional oil manufacturers showing how it has very powerful effects for glucose metabolism, okay? Which means, you know, reducing weight um, and controlling, you know, things like diabetes. But we'll come, co we'll come to that. Now, there are about 8,000 Eight, 787 research articles written on it, 99 clinical trials, and over 120 years of medical research. That means we go back not to 1920, but we go back to the early 1900s. So quite a bit of research that's been done on cinnamon um, from a, a healing aspect. So it's pretty widely research herbs. Uh, one of the, uh, um, I would say, it's not the best research herb, I mean, we saw uh, one of the herbs that we discussed yesterday, green tea. Green tea has, I think, like uh, 40,000 articles over, you know, 220 years. I think about, uh, hundreds of clinical trials, but this is pretty good. 
So that's um, the science that's been done out there. Now, with all of that research, what we can do with Cytosolve is we have the ability to take all of that research because think about you going through all those papers, right? So what we can do with Cytosol is we can take all that analysis and we can distill it to find the ones that were, you know, well-written papers with, you know, scientific validity. And then we can extract out of that the molecular pathways that you're seeing in this diagram. And then from that, we can create an architecture of its effect on immune health and then, you know, give some understanding. By the way, Cytosol um, came out of the recognition that the entire drug development industry it completely is in a horrible shape. You know, they can't hand, by the way, if you look at something like cinnamon, cinnamon is not just one compound, okay? Cinnamon's got hundreds of compounds in there, which we'll go over. Versus what drug companies do, they just try to get one single pharmaceutical compound. And in order to get it out to market, uh, what do they do? Let me make this a little bit bigger for our, well, I'd say, actually, maybe I can leave it like this so everyone can see it there. Yeah, so what you can see here is that it takes a great amount of effort for pharmaceutical companies just to take one synthetic compound. Cinnamon has natural ingredients. This is a synthetic compound and they have to do, so if they wanna show this affects cancer, they gotta get a test tube, throw cancer cells in there, test that for a couple of years. Then if they think they see something there, then they, gotta, then they go, hopefully don't kill too many animals, but they do animal testing. After all of this, this takes six years, then they get allowance by the FDA to go do phase one, phase two, phase three, clinical trials. And by the way, most of the drugs that come out of it for a particular indication are only 10% effective. Lots of side effects. So it takes around 5 billion years. Think about that. 5 billion years. Uh, not 5 billion years. I'm sorry. Just get rid of this. It takes $5 billion. Takes them $5 billion, about 13 years. And the stuff that comes out of it doesn't really work that well. And they can be sued. And this is why pharmaceutical companies um, are in a dire situation. And this is why they need to move to things like inoculations and jabs and pricks and vaccines, because this market, more and more and more money they spend on R&D, less and less new molecular entities. That's what NMEs are even being approved by the FDA. So this is something we need to understand. And the reason this entire world of Western medicine is in this situation is because Western medicine was never created for understanding the whole cinnamon bark. It wasn't created for prevention. Western medicine was created for putting a soldier back on the battle battlefield. That's where it came. It's excellent at that. God forbid you got into a major traumatic accident, knock on wood, that doesn't happen to anyone. But if you did, then Western medicine's great, right? Because it came out of the 1800s to put a soldier back on the battlefield. If you look at the origin of it, Eastern medicine was about looking at the whole body. It was about prevention, okay? Yeah, maybe they didn't have microsurgery. By the way, back in India, they did, you know, do plastic surgery all the way back they found in the 12th century. But separate from that, the entire system of Western medicine is phenomenal for crisis care, but it knows nothing about how to, the, the preventative aspects, okay? And the reason is because the entire Western medicine focus is about the opposite of a systems approach, reductionism. So in reductionism, it's like the blind men looking at the elephant. So you don't look at the whole elephant, you look at the parts of the elephant and you're blind. So you never see the whole, if anything, if you ever got together, the elephant would look like this, right? So the blind guy who's touching the tail thinks it's a rope, the guy touching the tusk thinks it's a spear and so on. And this is what happens in Western medicine. We 
even at the academic level, you are incentivized to look at a small part and you get a Nobel Prize for that. You're, you're not incentivized to look at the whole and until 2003 took place. So what occurred in 2003, which created a revolution in biology, and that was this, the genome project ended. We went to map out the entire human genome thinking we had about 100,000, a million genes, knowing a worm only had about 20,000 genes, thinking that more parts mean more complexity, more genes, more complexity. Well, this was a big irony. Turns out that we only have 20,000 genes, okay? This revolutionized biology to realize that we had to go to a systems biology. And, and this is in 2003, uh, Peter Hunter did this paper which said, if you wanna understand the whole human being, you gotta understand the genes and the proteins across cells and tissues. And around that time is when I was finishing up one of my companies, my advisor at MIT said, Shiva, come back to finish up your PhD, which I'd started and I left to start a company. And he said, look, you've always loved medicine. You know, you created the first email system. You know how to create large scale technologies and you've loved medicine. So here's a grand challenge. Imagine if you could mathematically model the whole human cell on the computer. Imagine that we could um, see the cell as an inner reaction of many, many molecular reactions, not just the nucleus. And imagine if we could do that. So that became my focus of innovation for the next four or five years. And out of that, I created Cytosol. Cytosol was a way where you could take these little ball and stick diagrams. By the way, if you go and read any of these science papers on any aspect of um, molecular biology, at the end of it, they'll always have some ball and stick diagram. Most of them do. And, but those are sort of jigsaw puzzles in understanding the whole, let's say immune health. So with Cytosol, we created a way that we could take these molecular pathway diagrams, convert it to models and interconnect them together. Because before Cytosol, people weren't able to model maybe like 50, you know, uh, ball and six, right? But not something as complex as understanding the whole human cell or cancer or disease. So Cytosol was a major breakthrough. And the approach I took was like an orchestra conductor who integrates pieces and computes them without having to mash them all together. So that was Cytosol. And fundamentally what Cytosol allowed us to do was just like the way we build airplanes today, we don't kill test pilots, right? We model different airplane designs on the computer. Then we go do wind tunnel testing and then we go do test flights, right? We don't kill people. Well, that's what Cytosol is. It allows us to take compounds, test it on the computer based on certain molecular functions. And like I said earlier, we can literally take the literature, as you see on the bottom right, mine it and understand the molecular mechanism. So it's a very powerful technology, which is revolutionizing medicine. So over the last 16 years, I've worked with the largest institutions in the world, research, you know, uh, biotech and nutraceutical companies. Um, I really love, you know, all the work we did today over the last 10 years is with nutritional companies who want to use us to understand combinations of nutraceutical products. And um, that's what we do. So we have used Cytosol to really understand how to compute combinations. Because one of the principles you realize when you look at systems, and this is why a, you know, a food like cinnamon is important. It's not just one ingredient. There's not one ingredient. This contains many, many ingredients. Because when you consume cinnamon, you're getting the synergistic effect of many, many different chemicals. And so Cytosol allows us to do that. And we've created a whole ecosystem where we work with research community. We can mine the literature to really find truth. So when we look at my grandmother who would combine stuff, you know, when I asked her, how did you combine that stuff? 
you know, she would speak in a language I couldn't understand. But with Cytosol, Cytosol is like the alchemist in the sky. We can, with Cytosol, understand combinations, synergy. So we can, for example, look at what happens when you eat turmeric, curcumin. Here we've looked at 6,000 papers. We've modeled all the chemical reactions. Same with resveratrol, which what, what's in red wine. And then we can combine them and we can run on the computer experiment. So here I'm creating inflammation in the body. That's what this 0.15 means. No curcumin, no resveratrol. Then I just give curcumin, right? Look at it comes down. Then I just give resveratrol. It too comes down. But look what I can do. This is quite profound. I can play around with combinations. A little bit of curcumin, a little bit of, you know, resveratrol. And watch what happens. A little bit of each lowers the inflammation even more than just giving a lot of one. And this is what's powerful about the system's principle. When we do combinations, we get more effect. This is why truth, the pursuit of truth, the pursuit of freedom and the pursuit of health cannot be separated, right? What unfortunately happens today is the people fighting for health are typically people who are considered, you know, the earthy crunchy granola types. And the people fighting for freedom are considered conservatives, quote unquote, rednecks, you know, they want the second amendment. And the people who want truth and science and innovation, they're considered nerds. But all of these three movements need to synergistically come together, just like turmeric and resveratrol. When you bring groups together, disparate groups, you can have a synergistic effect where the whole becomes greater than the sum of the parts. This is why truth, freedom, and health is not just a slogan. This is why foods are powerful because they have many, many molecules in them, okay? So I wanted to share that with you because that's how we do this. And by the way, I'll come back to this. Many of you wanted me to put this up earlier in the presentation. You know, for 16 years, since 2003, for 16 years, we created Cytosolve. We published many, many papers in major journals. I've helped a lot of businesses figure out what's right separate from snake oil. But in the last couple of years, we pointed the, the powerful technology of Cytosolve with all of its mathematics to look at a very powerful area of pain and inflammation or swelling and discomfort. And we computed trillions of combinations of biomolecular reactions. And we've discovered a combination of bioflavonoids which have an amazing effect on pain and inflammation, swelling and discomfort. And I'm pleased to share that with you again. That's called MV25. You can pre-order it on our shop online. And MV25 stands for momentum, right? Mass times velocity. And notice it's coming from me and I'm putting my name on it. Scientists, I help create it. You know, we help discover it. But MV25 is coming out of a systems approach. And if you read the back label of it, it says, Dr. Shiva's MV25 was formulated using the Cytosoft computational engine formulated by Dr. Shiva at MIT uh, or created. And this for, and the formulation here results from integrating thousands of peer reviewed papers across 40 years, 68 research institutions and computing trillions of potential combinations to discover an optimal synergy of compounds that downregulate biomarkers of discomfort and normal swelling. And Cytosoft optimized means this formula has been optimized to maximize benefits and bioavailability while minimizing toxicity based on current research. As the science advances, so will the formulation. And the, and, and the reason this is important is if you go to many of these supplement companies, and I used to go to many of the conferences, you know, where 70,000 people show up and you find, unfortunately, many of these supplements, most of them don't work. Most of them are like one guy reads some paper called a formulator and he just throws stuff together. 
because they didn't have Cytosol. With Cytosol now, we can literally take a systems approach, engineering systems approach, but most importantly, the truth here is new science is gonna come. And as new science comes, we'll incorporate it into the Cytosol operating system and we'll get it better and better and better, okay? So what we have today will improve. So that's really the promise, but that's really the principle of synergy. And by the way, those of you wanna go right, you can go right to, uh, uh, by the way, one thing is it's clean certified, it's made in the USA. And if you go to VA Shiva, right on the top, you'll see the shop site, the shop symbol right there. And you can go, oops, I think our people here are not able to see this, sorry guys. Um, right there, if you go to the shop site, you'll be able to um, purchase it right there. You go right there and there's MV25, so enjoy. So when, when I look at cinnamon, you know, we look at it from a synergistic approach. Cinnamon doesn't just hit one molecular pathway. It has a synergistic effect, and that's what we're gonna find out. So synergy is one of the most important principles. Just like it a, 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 applies to curcumin and resveratrol, or what we've done with MV25, it also, as I mentioned, applies to truth, freedom, and health. That's a synergistic combination, all right? That's why the movements for freedom of speech the Second Amendment, the movements for good health, the health of our infrastructure, and the movement for innovation and truth and science must all come together. That's why truth, freedom, and health is bounded in, in systems theory and universal law. So, cinnamon. So when you look at cinnamon, it's got a lot of these synergistic combinations. It's got minerals, vitamins, flavonoids, and essential oils, right? So let's look at them, minerals. Um, it's look at the amount of calcium it has. One ounce of cinnamon has 281 milligrams of calcium, 4.9 milligrams of manganese, 120 milligrams of potassium, and 18 milligrams of phosphorus. Now, one ounce of cinnamon has a decent amount of vitamin A, 80, 82 uh, IUs, a little bit of vitamin C, uh, some vitamin E and K. But remember, as I shared, the amounts don't matter when you start understanding the principle of synergy. It's having a combination of things. So when you're making food, you know, a little bit of spices of all different kinds. Curry powder is a combination of spices because people over thousands of years learned, you don't need to dump a bunch of turmeric like this. You put a lot of little things because it has a non-linear synergistic effect, okay? So you can see cinnamon has a lot of potent things in it. It's a food, it's a, it's a medicine, it's, a, it's, an amazing, it's amazing. Now. Cinnamon also has seven flavonoids are found in um, cinnamon. Now, I won't, may not be able to pronounce these all perfectly, but gazepin, naphalin, hesperidin, hibifolin, hypolatin, oroxindin, and quercetin. Quercetin, um, I did a, I'll do a whole thing on it, but quercetin is a zinc ionophore. When you take quercetin with zinc, it has very similar effect as HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, because it allows the zinc to go in and the zinc has the effect of stopping viral replication. Very powerful. So, but you can see um, cinnamon has a number of very, very powerful uh, bioflavonoids in it, okay? I think I'm good here. Doing good? So they're good, okay? So you can see it has a number of very powerful bioflavonoids. Now, let's talk about the essential oil combination. You could use many different processes and get the oil out of cinnamon. And we're gonna look at some of the very, very powerful ingredients in this, okay? So let's talk about that, okay? 
Uh, someone, by the way, someone says, uh, Parmar David says, chopped apple and dates with shredded or flaked coconuts, covered maple syrup and cinnamons. Maybe some chopped chopped pecans or other. My body craves cinnamon and I comply. Well, that's a nice, beautiful. So when we look at cinnamon, it has cinnamon aldehyde. You see this structure is called an aldehyde structure when you study um, organic chemistry. When you add the OH, so it says the H, you create an acid. So aldehyde to an acid, this is called cinnamic acid. So same structure, but where the H is, you have an OH. So this is called, when you see the C double bond, OH, C, O, O, H, this is what's called an acid in organic chemistry. When you replace this carbon here with an O, this is called an acetate. Okay, so you have cinnamyl acetate. And then one of the powerful things is we have eugenol, okay? Now eugenol um, is another compound. And um, I'll do, if I haven't done one, I, I forget, but eugenol also is in something called cloves. That's why um, you, those people like cinnamon, sort of a sister herb to that is cloves. And you know, if you're making your oatmeal, you may wanna put a little pinch of cloves in there, okay? Also, very, very powerful effect. Um, but cinnamon has eugenol in it, all right? So, so these are all the profoundly amazing uh, by the way, it has 41 essential oils, and I'm looking at the major components, cinnamon aldehyde, cinnamic acid, cinnamyl acetate, and eugenol, okay? Now, what are the biological effects of cinnamon? What are those effects? Well, first of all, look at all the things that cinnamon affects, okay? Cinnamon affects a bunch of very powerful things. First of all, cinnamon affects neuroinflammation, and this arrow is a down arrow, which means it brings down neuroinflammation. Uh, things like TNF, IL-1, IL-1-beta, these are cytokines. It increases glucose metabolism in the brain, okay? It lowers amyloid beta toxicity and beta secretase enzyme activity, Alzheimer's over here. It lowers, it increases NCAM levels, neural growth supports your brain's development. It increases anti-diabetic effects of insulin mimetic effect. So it, it, it in many ways, insulin mimetic means it can mimic insulin, okay? So very, very powerful in terms of having an insulin mimetic effect, anti-diabetic. It is pro-cognitive effects via the acetylcholine activity, ACHE, and antioxidant effects via NRF2 modulation, right? So it, so it increases antioxidant, it lowers neuroinflammation, increases gluco glucose metabolism, you know, does a lot of things which affect, um, you know, staving off Alzheimer's, increases, supports the brain, anti-diabetic, pro-cognitive, right? Who would want to include cinnamon? That's why um, most, again, traditional cultures, um, you know, when you're making curry or spices, you always added cinnamon in there. It's quite interesting. I think in many of these cultures, they learned that some of these herbs were so profound, you just made them part of food. You didn't think about it. You didn't have to go to a doctor. I mean, you have to think about it. The women in most of the traditional households were the doctor. I mean, they knew so many different arts and crafts in sense of how to, uh, they knew food was medicine. They knew how to incorporate this and they passed down this knowledge from, you know, uh, a mother to daughter. For example, when a daughter leaves her home um, and gets married, the mother will give the daughter a spice box. It's one of the most revered things. And when that daughter um, has her daughter and becomes a mother, she does the same thing. So the spice box that is given 
is extremely important. We'll cover one day what's in that spice box, but it's always a, a, a very similar set of uh, spices. But you can see these are the biological effects of cinnamon, okay? The, hold on one second. I, um, I have to hold on one second. I'm gonna have to go get my battery juice, everyone. Wait, uh, Michelle stole my um, uh, juice. Hold on one second. One second, everyone. Hey, Michelle. You took my target. Okay. Please plug it in. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. We're back. Um, Michelle had taken my charger, so we had to bring it back. So she's going to bring it back for me, so we don't lose anyone. But anyway, um, let's. So those are the biological effects. And remember, I distinguish the biological effects, which means the chemical effects going on at the cellular level. And and these are what I just covered here for you. Now. If we go to the health effects, the health benefits of, of uh, cinnamon, okay? What are the health benefits? Well, lowers blood sugar levels, okay? Lowers cholesterol levels, lowers the onset of chronic illnesses, re chronic illnesses, reduces inflammation, treats menstrual cramps, has antibacterial and antifungal effects, boosts immune system, helps in weight loss, aids digestion, boosts functioning of the brain. Now. Today, because of all the discussion about immunity and how do I stay healthy and how do I boost the immune system, you know, what we've done with Cytosol is we focused on two of those aspects, which is the antiviral, the antifungal, and the boosting immunity. By the way, we could do a whole talk on cinnamon on menstrual cramps, cinnamon on biological effects. And those of you listening, um, many of you want me to do um, different uh, talks. Please email me. I, I'm taking your suggestions and we're adding it to our list of videos. Um, one of the public services we do at VA Shiva to support our movement for truth, freedom and health is to make these videos, but it's coming from your ideas, but we want to find out what you guys want. And tomorrow we're going to do one on Neem, I believe, or Moringai. Someone asked us about that. So we're delivering on that on Moringai. Okay. So let me go back to this. So we're going to focus on boosting immunity and the antibacterial effects. Now, one of the things we need to understand is what is the immune system, okay? If we're talking about boosting immunity, antifungal, antiviral effects, I want to take a little bit of time to really educate all of you on what is the immune system. Now, if you were to listen to Fauci, if you were to just listen to the CDC, you would think that the entire immune system is only about the antibodies, right? That's what we're led to believe. And unfortunately, this is not true, okay? The immune system is far more than just um, the T cells and the B cells upregulating antibodies. That's only one part of the entire amazing system we call the immune system. The immune system has a whole bunch of players that play in it. But for unfortunately, what's happened is the immunology that we practice today is only looks at two of those instruments of immunity, the innate immune system and the adaptive, all right? And, but the reality is the immune system is far more complex. And I want, you know, in every one of these talks, I keep pounding away at educating you guys in the immune system because I want you to go educate your doctors, frankly. I want you to go educate 
your neighbors and parents and children and everyone. Because the immune system, as you're gonna learn shortly from an MIT systems biologist, and I spent most of my life studying the immune system. In fact, I'm considered one of the leading guys on the immune system. A couple of years ago, I was invited to present the prestige lecture at the National Science Foundation. So you're getting knowledge that you won't get anywhere else because most MDs unfortunately don't even know how the immune system works. They don't study the body's immune system. They probably think this is the immune system. Pathogen comes, okay, you, it hits your, you know, you, you, the pathogen comes, it hits your, um, let me just zoom in on this for our guys here. Um, most of these people think the pathogen comes and, um, you know, it, it uh, uh, goes through your eyes, your nose and your gut, right? Your macrophages, and we'll talk about this, your uh, certain cells try to eat up that pathogen. And then after that, then your adaptive system kicks in and it tries to create antibodies for that system. And then that's it, okay? What's not true, okay? The immune system is a lot more complex. And the, the paper that I presented at the, at the National Science Foundation really talked about this. The immune system involves the microbiome, the virome, the innate immune system, the adaptive, the interferon system, the neural system. And my PhD work was really looking at the interferon system. And I want everyone to really understand this. So when you look at this diagram, you see it's not just the blue, two blue boxes. And in fact, in 2018, an important paper came out saying, we need to take a systems immunology approach. And in fact, that the modern approach that is used to develop most of the, you know, quote unquote medicines has to do with the 1915, 1915 model of the immune system which is just the white blood cells. Okay, get the antibodies and you're done, okay? Well, it's not what, what's true. The immune system is far more complex. It involves all of these systems. One of the most spectacular systems it involves, we're gonna talk about is the interferon system, interferons. Interferons are chemicals your body creates and it sticks in between the innate and the adaptive. And the interferons are in every cell of your body you're gonna learn. And those interferons are powerful chemicals which actually activate your natural killer cells to go eat up infected cells. That, that's why you know, everyone's befuddled. Oh, there's a lot of people who are asymptomatic and they, you know, they got the virus, but nothing happened to them and they don't have antibodies. You know why? Because the interferon system kicked in, activated the NK cells to go eat, eat this up, okay? This is why it's really, really important to see this as a huge orchestra and, and it's stuff we're still learning. In fact, the interferon system upregulates thousands of genes, okay? Thousands of genes, not just one gene, but thousands of genes, which are vital to your immune system. So all we're looking at, unfortunately, all these guys look at is antibodies, 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 you know? It's like they're in a cult, okay? Okay, but antibodies are only a small piece of the puzzle. So let's look at that adaptive and, um, uh, and the, uh, the I'm, I'm sorry, the innate and the adaptive system. So what happens is, in fact, I want to take it over here. It's a little bit better. If you look here, a so here are, let's say in the case of the uh, coronavirus, here is your lung epithelial cells and the virus tries to infect the cell. Well, when it tries to infect it, the innate immune system attempts to eat up this virus. This is called a macrophage. And it does what's called phagocytosis, which you're seeing right here. It envelops the virus and starts chomping away at it. And these little things um, are the particles from the virus. And then what it does is as it's chomping away at it, 
it presents the materials to the CD4 T cells. That's what you're seeing right here. It presents this to the T cells. And what the T cells do is they activate the CD8 T cells, which go and try to kill the infected cell. In parallel to that, the CD4 T cells also call upon the B cells. And these B cells create these things, these little Y things called antibodies. This is all in the adaptive immune system. And over here, you're seeing the antibodies activate, uh, inactivate the virus, okay? That's all well and good. But guess what? That's only one part of the immune system, but that's all we're focusing on. Everything we focus on is let's upregulate that antibody. Let's get that antibody. If you got that antibody, that's a goal. But the point is the antibody system doesn't come in much later. If you actually study the science, what you find is that there's a whole nother system called interferon. And by the way, there's many of them. Okay, I could do a, a week-long talk on interferons. But interferons constitute the first line of defense. They're the ones that create the antiviral environment. And type 1 interferons are present in virtually every cell in your body. So let me repeat that. You don't have antibodies in every cell, but you have interferons that are just waiting there to fight for you. Okay? And in fact, when you get a virus, the body actually upregulates a whole bunch of genes. It means it wants you to get infected so it gets stronger. That's a principle called resilience. Okay? And type 1 interferons are present in virtually every cell. And type 1 interferons include IFN-alpha, as well as IFN beta, okay? So there you go. So this is a much more holistic systems level understanding of the immune system, okay? So I hope that's clear. This systems level understanding is what will would have helped us back in March because if more doctors knew that, I would, have, I would not have been the lone voice calling out Fauci. I would not have been the lone voice saying, hey, look, fine, let's quarantine the immunosuppressed, but let's boost people's immunity, right? Because the immune system wants to be boosted, okay? It gets boosted by exposure. And if you have a strong immune system, you can take a hit and you can come back stronger. That's called resilience, okay? Um, so let's go back here, okay? So there we go. So now let's look at the effect of cinnamon. Now that we understand the immune system, we understand all those particles in immune. Someone says, hi, from Austin. Great to have you from Austin. That's right, take care of yourself, boost your immune system. I haven't worn a mask all year and I am healthy. That's wonderful, you got a strong immune system. Um, uh, antibodies, do antibodies do not save lives, okay? Um, there we go, okay, so let's jump right into this and uh, talk about uh, how um, the effect of cinnamon on immune health is. Well, first of all, Cinnamon modulates immune response via anti-inflammatory mechanisms, okay? Anti-inflammatory mechanisms. And cinnamon is shown to be both antibacterial and antifungal. And microorganisms, sorry, microorganisms do not develop resistance to cinnamon. This is very, very important. You know, microorganisms can develop resistance to antibodies, right? Antibiotics, I mean, okay? And furthermore, if, you, if your body creates a particular antibody, if that virus changes just a little bit of variant, boom, that antibody's useless. In fact, even the NIH and the, uh, is admitting now, even after you get these antibodies for the coronavirus, right? Within 20 days, it declines. And within eight months, it's only maybe 40% active, right? So the antibody system yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's there, but it's not the only system. Your body has many other mechanisms, which we don't talk about. 
But important things to remember is that if you're, people take antibiotics, right? They develop resistance, but microorganisms do not develop resistance to cinnamon. That's pretty cool. So how does it work? So let's follow these very important diagrams now that I'm throwing up here. I think, yeah, so I think, let me do this for our people here so they can follow along. So let's follow this, okay? Modulation of inflammatory enzymes and cytokines. So one of the things it does, it modulates inflammation. So again, if you remember, two of the important cytokines are TNF-alpha and IL-8, which cause a cytokine storm, right? These create the cytokine storm. And these are created by two transcription factors, NF-kappa-beta and AP1. NF-kappa-beta leads to these cytokines. And what, it, what cinnamonaldehyde does, it blocks NF-kappa-beta. But when it blocks NF-kappa-beta, it has a dual effect. It also blocks the production of COX-2, which creates PGE2, which causes inflammation. And cinnamaldehyde also blocks AP1, which stops INOS, right? Which stops NO, which stops inflammation. So inflammation leads to harmful and disproportionate immune response. Cinnamon active compounds inhibit enzymes such as COX-2 and INOS that are involved in inflammation signaling. And cinnamonols um, exhibit transcription factor, inhibit this transcription factor, NF-kappa-beta, which is responsible for transcription of inflammatory genes that cause a cytokine storm. So bottom line is a cinnamaldehyde does two things. It blocks a cytokine storm and it snuffs out inflammation. That's a cinnamonaldehyde in cinnamon. So if you're looking for cinnamon oil extracts, right, you can look at the amount of cinnamonaldehyde it has. And some of them will say what percentage it has, but that's really the active ingredient from an extraction standpoint. The other thing is, look at this. Cinnamon has antifungal activity, okay? So uh, many times when I was uh, growing up in spices, right? Like if you're storing rice or certain foods, people throw cinnamon in there, okay? Or cloves too, because that kept fungus away, okay? It kept, kept um, you, know, you know, microorganisms away. But it's a way that, and it smells good too when you have it in there, okay? Um, so cin cinnamon is effective against several fungi, including Asparagus flavus, which causes rot in grain. So you can literally, if you're storing grain, I recommend this. It's an ancient tradition. You know, throw some cloves, like if you have a bag of rice, throw some cloves, throw some cinnamon in there, okay? It'll help stop the, uh, this uh, fungi, which causes rot in grain. Uh, this also, Asparagus fumigatus, causes allergic diseases. It snuffs that out. And trichophyton rubrum, I'm sorry, trichophyton rubrum causes athlete's foots. Candida, okay, causes genital and oral infections, all right? So, you know, um, in, in some formulations, people will take the cinnamon, make it into a paste, right? And, and or the oil, you know, diluted, you can put it on your feet, right? To support you uh, from athlete's foot, for example. These fungi, do not de develop resistance to cinnamon. Look, uh, some people say, oh, for this fungus, use this antibiotic, right? Well, you develop develop resistance, right? And it comes back and comes back and back, okay? So um, the antifungal mechanism of action, that's what MOA means, M-O-A, of cinnamon, the way it works is the cinnamon essential oil destroys the cell membrane. It destroys the cell membrane of 
the fun of the fungi and all the intercellular content goes up. Basically, it blows up the fungi. It basically fires bullets at the cell membrane and the fungus gets destroyed. But you can see the range of different funguses it hits, right? The, the stuff that causes athlete's foots, candida, uh, the stuff that causes rot and grain, causes allergic diseases, okay? Now, the other important thing to remember is, so we've talked about the anti-inflammatory, one piece, the anti-cytokine storm, the anti-fungal. Again, cinnamon is a synergistic uh, ingredient. It affects not just one, but many things. It's a, it itself is a system, it has a systems effect, okay? So we're witnessing that here. Um, but cinnamon also has antibacterial activity. Cinnamon is effective against several bacteria. Escherichia, you know, you know, E. coli causes diarrhea. Staphylococcus causes staph. Listeria causes listeriosis. Salmonella causes diarrhea. You know, Porifermanus gingivalis, periodontal disease. Bacteria do not develop resistance to cinnamon. Again, important thing to remember is, you know, people take these antibiotics, right? And the pathogen develops resistance, but not to cinnamon. You know, think about periodontal disease, the P. gingivalis. You know, uh, cinnamon has a very powerful effect against P. gingivalis, which is a thing that causes periodontal disease, gingivitis, etc. But if you're going to use the essential oils, be very careful. They're very powerful. You have to dilute them and, you know, talk to some herbalists, etc. Don't just use it straight. You got to be careful with this stuff. Okay. These are, these are medicines. Okay. Someone said, should use it on toenail fungus. You can try that, right? Uh, all right. So let's go back to this. How are people doing here? Good. So now the antibacterial activity is quite interesting. Look at how cinnamaldehyde works. So first of all, the antibacterial MOA, mechanism of action of cinnamon is fine. First of all, it damages the cell membrane, right? It starts, it's basically cinnamaldehyde fires a bunch of bullets blows up the cell membranes of the bacteria, okay? Causing it to leak. The second thing it does, it inhibits the Z-ring formation. Now the Z-ring formation is what is important in when a bacteria divide, okay? Stops cell division, reduces the virulence of the bacteria. Remember, you got one bacteria, just like cells, it divides, it forms a Z-ring during the formation, and that's important for it to dividing. Well, guess what? Cinnamonaldehyde stops it from even morphologically creating that Z-ring so the bacteria have a harder problem replicating. And then the next thing it does, it, it blocks ATP production, which leads to starvation of the bacteria. So the bacteria, remember, what is ATP? If you remember ATP in the, in the human body, in the human cell, we have the mitochondria. That's the energy centers. It creates energy, it takes ADP, makes ATP, and your, your, your mitochondria fuel you. So what happens here is cinnamonaldehyde stops the ATP process. So basically you're starving the bacteria, you're blowing up its membrane. And then on top of it, what you're also doing is you're inhibiting it replicating. So quite powerful cinnamonaldehyde. So let's talk about, remember, as I keep emphasizing in all my talks here, our talks itself are a system talk. We go from cytosol to truth, freedom, and health. And from truth, freedom, and health, we come back to truth, freedom, and health. We talk about synergy, okay? And what we've just talked about here is the synergy, the synergistic power of cinnamon, antibacterial, antifungal, right? It's multi-pronged. And it has the effect of 
reducing inflammation, reducing the cytokine storm, so you beef up your immune system. So um, this brings me back to truth, freedom, and health. Why is this important? Because we've just talked about the synergistic uh, process here, right? So when you take the synergistic process, when you take truth, freedom, and health, truth, freedom, and health itself is a, is itself is a process of synergy, okay? Because as I mentioned earlier, we're not going to win by taking one approach uh, against the establishment, okay? We have to bring together a bunch of molecules. We have to bring the molecular force of health, which means fighting for our health. We have to bring the molecular force of the people who want to fight for the First Amendment and the Second Amendment, okay? Because without freedom, we cannot practice science, okay? And without practicing real science, we get, we're not getting to get to truth, we're gonna to get to lies. So when you can practice the scientific method, which demands freedom, because in order for the scientific method to take place, we gotta have an open science environment, discourse, debate, argument. And out of that discourse and argument, you say, oh, that's right, that's wrong. You do experiments, you refute things, you, 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 you fight it out. And out of that, you get truth. And then from truth, we can fight for our, find out what's really good for our health. But right now, truth, freedom, and health are all separated, okay? We need to bring all these movements together. And you can learn a lot from this herb cinnamon, okay? Or from any of these herbs, they have synergistic influence. And that's why we need to learn how to combine spices. We need to learn how to use food in very powerful ways because food is a synergistic experience. And the more we learn how to do that, whether it be in food combining, whether it be in solving problems, whether it be for politics. So the synergy principle applies to politics. So I'm gonna take a quick break here. And before I come back, we're gonna talk about the power of cinnamon uh, and how to understand it from an Eastern and engineering systems perspective. Everything I've shared with you is from a molecular systems perspective. But again, before I go to that, I want you guys to reflect on the synergy principle and think about how we can apply that to politics, truth, freedom, and health. So let me play the video I like to play. By the way, to everyone out there, I want you guys to become truth, freedom, and health warriors, not only for your health, not only for truth, not only for freedom, but for all of those things. And every Monday evenings, I do a three-hour course where I educate everyone on the science of systems because that system science is the foundation of how we're going to learn three of my principles, Dr. Shiva's principles, the interrelation between truth, freedom, and health, why we need to build a bottoms-up movement, and why we need to be aware of the not so obvious establishment, the real killers of movement. So let me play my video, which is really our anthem for the truth, freedom and health movement. So I, I encourage everyone to go to, by the way, go to vashiva.com slash join. You can contribute. Um, you can, by the way, you can just become a member at no cost. And for any one of you contribute, you know, I'm very, very grateful, but I don't want to take it for nothing when you give us money, $100 or more, you get access to the Truth, Freedom and Health Warrior training program. When you support 25 or more, I wanna give you this gift, which is a system and revolution book and the tool, your body, your system. And I'll come back to explaining the whole process here. Let me play the video for you as I normally do. Here we go. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within and the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you. 
deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders we don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. We wow. got to train people first with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work united. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people. They have to go local, to go local, to go local. Fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics. And there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharpton to tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're gonna follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're gonna follow you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not gonna lead us to liberation, it's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote-unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts... I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com, and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics, and I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast, and within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people. Two years of MIT control systems, I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, i got to build a bottoms-up movement. 
They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaign's expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on V as in Victor A. Shiva, vashiva.com, so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, and health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VA Shiva, Victory America Shiva, VAShiva.com. All right. So I, I want to encourage everyone to uh, support the movement that we're doing. And by the way, when you go online to vashiva.com slash join, you can just join as a member. And when you join as a member, people get access to certain videos, but they also get access to a forum where you can interact with people. Let me just show you a little bit of that so um, everyone understands what we have in store there. And and that you know that's for people, anyone who just wants to join, it's open to the public at large. Um, and so let me just show right here. So when you go in there, there's a thing called the forum let me go over to it right here. Actually, I'll come back to it. But um, uh, what I want to let everyone know is that one of the key parts of this is you go to the dashboard when you sign in, and those of your members can get access to the featured videos. You get access to take action, and there's a cool form I'll come back to. But the central education is what I want to give to people, those people who've been so generous. I'm, I'm giving you a whole bunch of educational tools, and the goal is to get educated on these principles of truth, freedom, and health. That education begins where I will teach you uh, in a three-hour you know, private group class the foundations of system science that took me you know, many, many years to learn at MIT. Then you get access to the book, um, uh, uh, System and Revolution. You get access to the tool, access your body, your system software. Then you get access to a whole range of tools here that will actually help you understand your body as a system. And then you get access to scientific reports. You get access to three other books. And these are really building your technical foundation of system syncing. And also this paper. And then on top of it, and by the way, I want to thank everyone who's donated an incredible amount of support. And, and this is a gift that I'm giving to those people. Um, by the way, those people who, who, who are supporting, uh, you know, who have been very generous and kind to give, 25, you guys get this. But please take advantage. This is the Truth, Freedom, and Health Warrior training program. But that's not the that's not the only thing. We also have created a forum for all members, regardless of whether you, you want to give anything or not or contribute. You get access to the forum where you can start interacting with people right away from all over the world. Open up a topic, you know, on any discussion, and independent of big tech. But we also have created a social media value where you can create a page. You can have interactions with people. You can create your own membership list and so on. So please take advantage of that. That's also there for you. Okay. So you want to get activated also. So not only is it important to get educated, to get all the courses, but then you can get activated, right? You can get access to these very nice flyers, business cards that you can educate people on the real issue, for example, with masks and oral health, the science behind it, the public health, same with the real issue on beyond vax and anti-vax why we must focus on boosting immunity, that one size fits all medicine doesn't work. So it's it's a very powerful platform. 
And so that's why, you know, I do about two to three videos a day, pounding away at the need to take a systems approach. And I try to come at it from all different angles, but that's why I take time to do that. But when you take cinnamon again, everything I've done so far has taken the molecular systems approach, but now I'm gonna take an engineering systems approach and you'll see something fascinating about this. So when we take that approach, you find out that, by the way, one of the tools that everyone who supports the platform um, and who's a warrior gets access to the tool called Your Body, Your System. And in Your Body, Your System, think about your body can be uh, visualized uh, and mapped on this uh, mapping of transport, conversion, and storage. And when you take the course, you'll understand what this is, but this is the foundations of systems theory. And when you answer a set of questions, it'll help you figure out where your red dot lands in this matrix here or in this triangle. And then you can figure out how your body is off balance from where you're supposed to be, that red dot. And then you can figure out how foods and supplements bring you back to that. So the bottom line is food itself in the Eastern and engineering system theory is itself a force. That's what I've discovered. So this cinnamon has very particular effects in affecting the energies of transport, conversion, and storage. So for example, what you see here is when you take that approach, and by the way, when you take, you know, when you get to your body, your system, or, you know, you get access to system and revolution and these tools. And again, I wanna thank everyone who's, um, you know, been very generous and supported that for your $25. This is the small gift I'm giving back to you, but thank you. But here, what you can see here is that um, when you look at cinnamon, cinnamon lowers vatha transport, right? So it lowers vatha. It increases conversion, which is digestive processes, okay? And look what it does. It lowers kapha. Kapha is typically associated with weight, right? Storing stuff, right? And it increases conversion, increases your metabolism, right? This is what Western science says. This is what the Eastern approach says. It lowers fat, right? And it lowers transport, okay? Which is vatha. So these are the things that cinnamon does in a very profound way. So you can see when we look at it from the molecular systems approach and the and the Western and the Eastern systems approach, you can try integrating. That's why the Your Body, Your System tool that all of you get access to is very valuable because it enables you to understand your body as a system. And the same forces that act in your body, act in your computer, act in the movement of truth, freedom, and health, okay? So let's go back here. So now what should be the dosaging? Now the clinical evidence, what I'm sharing with you, obviously if you wanna go um, explore this more, you should do it, but this is not a medical program, you should go talk to your doctor, you know, to get medical advice, but this is what the clinical evidence shows. Uh, Huss et al, 2002 says, about 120 milligrams a day to six grams a day. You can go, you know, you can go pretty high dosage, okay? For wound healing, um, Mohammed uh, et al. says about 2% of the cinnamon ointment, okay? Uh, for sugar control, okay? Mang et al. says one to six grams per day. For antimicrobial activity, Wang et al. says you can take three capsules a day containing 18 milligrams of cinnamon oil and nine milligrams of pogostemon oil, okay? So this is what the uh, the dosaging says. Many of you have always said, Dr. Shiva, what should be the dosaging? So we started including that by looking at what the clinical evidence, so all those things come from clinical evidence that we've organized together, okay?
So in conclusion, when you look at it, here's the important takeaways. Cinnamon inhibits inflammatory enzymes such as COX-2 and INOS. By the way, um, I've said this before, I'll say it again. If you take ibuprofen, Advil, if you go look at the back of Advil or you read up on it, it'll say Advil is a COX-2 inhibitor. COX-2 is a enzyme which results in PGE2, which causes inflammation. And look at what cinnamon does. Cinnamon inhibits inflammatory enzymes like COX-2, the same target that ibuprofen hits and INOS, thereby controlling runaway immune response. Cinnamon also kills bacteria and fungi. Second takeaway, remember by blowing up their cell membranes and cinnamon inhibits inflammatory cytokines and microbes do not develop resistance to cinnamon. Again, if you have you know, perishable goods like rice or grains or oatmeal. That's why I throw some, you know, and you have it sitting there, throw some cinnamon in there. It's going to keep it from rotting. Okay. So there you go. These are the powerful effects of cinnamon and immune health. And the bottom line, what we've done here is we really focused on recognizing that the anti-inflammatory, anti-cytokine storm, the blowing away of fungi, et cetera, is very powerful. And by the way, Cinnamon is very closely related to cloves too. Cloves has a very similar effect. Okay, by the way, there's an interesting discussion that's been going on. I guess I'm watching the readout here of what people are arguing about. And I guess there's a very interesting discussion about um, an individual saying, well, cancer doesn't, you know, people saying, you know, use this for cancer, use that for cancer. And someone saying there's no magic bullet. Let me just tell you from an Eastern and Western systems perspective, in the Eastern system of medicine, every disease goes through six stages, okay? So listen to me as I'm closing out here. Every disease goes through six stages. It's etiology. So it starts in the early stage. Maybe, I don't know, you, you know, it feels like a scratch or a sniffle, right? And then you start coughing, right? And then you start getting lung congestion and so on, right? Um, so cancer may start in some very... Uh, functional way that you don't even look at because you're not into, you've lost your intuition with your body and then it progresses and finally you get a big tumor or something okay well that stage of cancer is in the late stages okay but there are all the early stages of cancer early stages of inflammation early stages of you know um uh, uh, worms you know and fungi and pathogens breeding in your system that's why um, the Western system of medicine doesn't fully understand this entire ideology. So we only focus in the Western medicine, not we or they, only focus on the late stages. They wait until the disease gets into the fifth or sixth stage, okay? And that's where Western medicine comes in. Western medicine comes in way at the late stage. And what does it do? Radiation, chemotherapy, et cetera. And, you know, but it's coming in at a late stage. It, because remember, it came from wartime medicine. Shoot the thing, fire it, destroy it. The wartime metaphors. Western medicine doesn't come in the early stages. This is where food, supplements, activities, um, the Eastern systems, the engineering systems approach sees the body as a system. What are the things you can do today to upkeep that body, maintain it? What are the things you can do to identify when your body's going off course? What are the things we can use to identify when our government's going off course? Okay. That's called a systems approach. And that's what I've discovered. And that's what's part of the entire VA Shiva platform. It's part of what I've done my whole life. 
And that's the gift that I want to give all of you. And I want to thank all of you for your support and contributions for building this platform. And um, we'll continue to grow. You know, our goal is to have 50,000 truth, freedom, and health warriors all over the world. And you guys are like the light, the Jedi Knights, where we want you to be empowered with this scientific knowledge. We want you to build community and we want you to go local and be activists. And, and I'm more like the weapons factory of knowledge where I'm going to keep creating information for you. That's what the goal is. We have to come together as a community of truth, freedom and health warriors. We have to build this bottoms up movement. It's the only way forward. If you want entertainment, go watch Hollywood, go watch Bollywood. If you want entertainment, go vote for a Republican or Democrat. Go participate in their elections. Go vote for Trump or Bernie. That's what they are, guys. They're entertainment. The working people throughout the world are being attacked viciously. Over the last year, the lockdowns affect, affected small businesses, small restaurants, everyday working people. It didn't affect Amazon. It didn't affect Walmart. It affected small people because they needed to slow down the economy because the elites want to keep the interest rates low. And we can do a whole discussion on that. When you take a systems approach, you will see their true effects of the establishment wants to distract you, right? It's like what a virus does, right? The virus and all these things want to replicate inside you. They want to take away your attention. That's why you got to zap them hard. You, you cannot be compromising to the establishment or what you learn in our courses and not so obvious establishment, okay? So thank you, everyone. I hope this was valuable. I'll uh, do more videos tomorrow. And uh, remember, the most important thing is we must build our movement. It is your movement. So again, support the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Go to vashiva.com slash join. Support yourself. And thank you for all your support and contributions. We're building up. By the way, we've ordered uh, uh, two more very powerful servers. Thank you to your contributions. We're beefing up our data center infrastructure. We have a great data center here in we don't, uh, Cambridge. We don't rely on Amazon. We don't rely on others. It's our infrastructure. So thank you, everyone. Have a good night. Be well. Be the light.